happy Halloween, Old Spiral Podcast listeners. Welcome to the third and final Halloween special. As you can tell, it is one of our favorite holidays, and we are excited for this episode. Drew, are you excited for this episode? Brian, your enthusiasm is scaring me, frankly. Well, prepared to have your socks scared off your feet. I'm not wearing socks. I have flip-flops on. I'm not wearing socks because I am comfortable and in my own home. It's also a lie. I'm wearing uh, really nice socks and Crocs, camo Crocs to be specific. All right. Well, don't trust Drew except for when he tells you some scary things about the valley because that is exactly what this episode is all about. Oh, yeah. And... um. Let's see here. Today we've got stories of the paranormal from right here in the valley. We have found stories of UFOs, Bigfoot, local lore, and ghosts. That's right. Uh, We have some stories from you, our dear listeners, and some stories we have found on the web from people who have seen some spooky stuff. And some creepy destinations that you can go check out right around this valley if you are not able to go and do your normal trick-or-treating or or that type of thing, uh, you can go check out some of these places and be socially distanced. Yes, so sit back, relax, and try not to get too scared. All right, we're going to begin with some local lore and places around the area that you would not want to be alone after dark. Let's start off with some uh, local lore. Where's our first place, Drew? Where are you taking us? Uh, We could check out the story about the 21 Ranch. Ooh, the 20 Run Ranch. I went there when I was a kid. My stepdad's uh, co-worker lived there. Um, I wish I remembered more about it, and I wish that... I mean, it was dark when we went there. It was for, like, a Christmas party. Um, The only thing I really remember is that... There was a bullet hole in the wall, Hmm. and they told me some crazy stuff had happened there. Um, I didn't see anything weird while I was there, but I've heard that there's some pretty crazy stuff about that place. Yeah, so I I actually grew up in Waha, and so I drove by it all the time. And if you're not familiar with the 21 Ranch, it's this weird old Victorian-style home that's out almost before you get into like, I guess what you would call the proper area of Waha. And the story goes that I've, that I've heard is that, uh, at some point during the stagecoach era, there was an indentured servant or, uh, something of that level that was shot and killed on the steps of that house. And as a result, the, the stairs were painted red and then subsequently the roof was tiled red. Otherwise, this home is completely white. And like I said, it's this old Victorian era house um, that had this really characteristic red roof and red stairs. And the reason why they painted it red was because apparently they were never able to get the blood stains out of the stairs that were otherwise white before. 
Um, now, if you drive by that home, it's the the house is still white, but the the shingles and the stairs are now blue. Right. But uh, yeah, that was how the story went. That the the uh, person was shot there on the stairs and splattered blood everywhere, and they could never get the stain out. Now, if you listen to last week's episode, I believe that was with Slash, the surrounding Lewiston area spirit hunters. Um, Did they, I may be remembering this wrong, but didn't they tell us that they did an investigation there? That I don't know. I can't remember. I don't think that they did the 21 No, I think we meant to ask them about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's somewhere that they should check out if they haven't. Yeah. I would definitely be interested to see what they can find. Maybe some flashlights turning on and off on their own accord or some uh, EVPs. Mm -hmm. Is that it is with the recording? Yeah. Yeah. But I know for a fact I did ask him about the Powell Cemetery, which is another creepy destination that you can go check out around here, which is on your way, sort of, to the 21 Ranch if you want to make a a little trip out of it. Um, As you're driving out to Waha, if you turn down Powell Road, um, just to your left after you drive by the McGregor area there, there's this little old primitive cemetery and there's headstones there from the 1800s. And, um, I mean, some of them are really sad. Some of them are like babies that died on the stagecoach trail. Um, but it's just a really creepy, weird place. Um, it's pretty neat to go check out at night if you want to get freaked out a little bit. There's an old schoolhouse with a bunch of old dead trees just before you turn, which is also another weird, creepy area to go check out. But, Go go check out the Powell Cemetery if you haven't done that, and maybe even do it on your way out to uh, the 21 Ranch. Yeah, old... I mean, cemeteries are creepy in and of themselves. I remember one time when I was 15, me and some buddies were walking from one house to another, and the fastest route was to go through the Lewiston Cemetery, and it was, you know, 11, 12 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. I didn't see anything, but it definitely was a bit creepy. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and especially, I guess, especially old cemeteries are, are, they have a little bit of extra creep factor. Yeah. And this is also isolated from anything. So speaking of cemeteries, and this may not be scary, but it is awfully funny. Have you ever noticed, if you're going through Pomeroy, there's a cemetery, and right before you hit the cemetery, there's a big sign for a... a I'm going to call it a company out there, Um, and it's so unfortunate, the location of this. It's Jim's Fertilizer. Mm. So right before the cemetery, there's a big old sign that says Jim's Fertilizer. (laughs) I've never really noticed that, but that is funny now that you mention it. Yeah, so next time you're going through Pomeroy, (laughs) look up when you see the cemetery, uh, or as it's otherwise known, uh, Jim's Fertilizing Grounds. So, Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, keeping on uh, the theme of cemeteries, there's another creepy area you can go check out around the valley, um, out in Asotin, which you you might be a little more familiar with this one than I am, Brian, but it is a particular headstone in the Asotin Cemetery, which is known as the Devil's Eyeball. That's right, and I have been to the Asotin Cemetery, although I have not been there at night. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been near it at night because it's kind of near the fairgrounds. Right. And I've seen it. It's like a spherical tombstone. 
and uh, supposedly it, it glows at night, right? Yeah, from what I've read, and I don't know how true, you know, I read it on the internet, so I guess it has to be true. Right. So all this stuff, um, it, I guess there's a, um, what do they call it? I guess it's a really big garnet ball that sits on top of it. Mm-hmm. So when a car lights hit it just right, it looks like this glowing orb. Mm-hmm. But here, let me read a little story. Um, this one, it's pretty out there. And again, it's from the internet, so it's got to be true. Uh, <laughs> but between you and me... I have some reservations about it. Um, But this is, uh, the story goes like this. One time there was a miner killed in a mine explosion. I mean, he probably wouldn't have been killed in a uh, bakery explosion. But Uh, So afterwards, people searched for the miner, but all they could find was just his right eye. And uh, side note, how do you differentiate between right and left eye? Like, if you find an eyeball, you're like, oh, that's a left eyeball. You obviously haven't been looking at eyeballs enough. I need to look at more eyeballs. Yeah. So anyway, they found his right eye. Um, it's on the internet. It's got to be true. So they buried the eyeball in the Asotan Cemetery, and afterwards at night, some people observe a strange orb of light in and around the graveyard. Now, here's where it gets super believable. Mm. One young couple ventured into the cemetery one night, came out with frightened looks on their faces, and their hair had turned pure white, as if they had had the bejesus scared out of them. Plus, their milk had gone sour. That'll do it. Something spooked them real good. That makes your milk go sour? It does. Wow. Uh... Yeah, I don't know what reservations you'd have about that. It's, of course, true. So no, I mean, I believe every word of it. I hope you retract that statement Sorry. from earlier. I apologize, anonymous uh, internet poster. In any case, it is a creepy spot. It is. And again, any cemetery, especially old <clears throat> cemeteries, like, I personally, I don't care to venture to cemeteries at night. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I could be talked into it, mm-hmm. but it's, you know... Could it's, be talked into a lot of things. It's not one of my normal haunts. Mm. Yeah. But Yeah, we'll throw in some puns. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, what's next? So the Soton Cemetery, Powell Cemetery, 21 Ranch. You know, we got kind of a uh, en route to Waha theme going here, so I guess we'll keep uh, on track with that since we have some other spots that are out in that area. Waha Lake itself. Ah, uh, Yes. Uh, Waha Lake was uh, an area that is reported to be haunted by what they call an Indian maiden who is apparently seen coming up out of the water. And I've heard tale of her uh, looking for her lost child. That's that's another story that I heard when I was growing up that you'll hear her scream and she makes this horrifying screaming noise. Yeah. And she'll, you know, I've heard other things like when she goes into the water, she leaves this like mysterious whirlpool behind her Mm -hmm. and some say it's how she uh uh, goes from dimensions to dimension you know her ghost dimension to our dimension so if you dive in there you might just venture into another realm Mm. yeah so i mean super creepy if i was out in the woods and, and heard anybody crying for their baby i would be terrified it would be horrifying it really would and let's see what else we got on the list here. Right here in town, in Lewiston, that is, uh, the good old Civic Theater. Yes. It is a creepy destination indeed. 
although it is uh, condemned right now, so you don't really want to get caught walking around it too much, but if you can, go check it out. Um, it is creepy for a number of reasons. One, uh, there have been reportedly potentially some murders there. Yeah. Some pretty famous murders, especially as of late. Um, there's been a few documentaries and TV shows that have come out about the five unsolved murders in, in the Lewis Clark Valley from the late 70s to, what is it, the mid-80s, early 80s? I, w- I believe it's the, some of the I'm going to say mid-80s. Okay. Let's say mid-80s. But, yeah, these five murders happened in pretty sequential order pretty rapidly. Yeah, and, of course, those are unsolved murders, although um, if you go onto Facebook, you can find a group called Lewis Clark Valley Serial Killer, and there's a whole lot of people, a whole lot of people that are very convinced that it was one person in particular Mm -hmm. uh, by the name of Lance Voss. And you can also check out a really well-done documentary from, I think, 2011. Um, it's called Confluence, and uh, it, it lays out a pretty compelling story as well. Really, really well done, like I said, and it's uh, done by some folks here in town. Yeah. And hopefully some folks that we might get to have on this very program at some point. That would be a very interesting episode. I would. So Lance, what's crazy about this guy is... Not only was he the prime suspect for these uh, disappearances and murders, because some of the bodies have never been found, right? Uh, but but if you if you look into him on the internet, apparently wherever he moves, people tend to go missing in that area. Right within like really really close proximity to where he lives, like his home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Not just like the town, but yeah, the where like near his home. Um, so now he's nearing about 80. Right. And I believe he's living in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, another weird thing uh, about Lance Foss is he lived in one of those really weird geodesic homes of which Brian had toyed with the idea of maybe trying to purchase, but it, it seemed like it was going to be more trouble than it was worth, right? Well, it it was just because, and I don't know if it's because of the history of the house, but... It was, I mean, for being, it was not only just one house. So there's one main house, but there was a separate house. It was smaller on the property. So it was a perfect rental. Mm -hmm. And so that would have been awesome. Uh, But it's on three acres. Right. It's not that, it's kind of down from, I don't know, remember what it's called now, like Family Foods or something up in the Heights. Yeah. And it's just down the road from that uh, to the south. Third or something like that? I believe so. And it's kind of secluded. It's not too secluded, but you're away from your neighbors. It's on like three something acres. There's a horse trail that goes through. Like if I if I would have bought it, I would have put like a dirt bike tra- dirt bike track, bicycle track down below, and all mm-hmm. this cool stuff. And yeah, huge geodesic uh, dome house, like three ish bathrooms, ton of bedrooms. Uh, it did need a ton of work, but the problem was yes, it, is did. It, it was reasonably priced, but you needed to have all the money cash just to go look at it inside. Right. So I only walked around the outside and looked, and, you know, if I was able to have some people help me scrounge up the cash, I probably would have at least looked inside and seriously considered buying it, mm-hmm. uh, but 
it just never panned out. And right. I like to play some at now anyway, so. Yeah, and I don't know if that is still for sale, but again, if you uh, can find it from our crew description of where it's at, it's worth checking out. Um, also, if you have any hot takes or information about the, the murders that we just discussed, send us an email at oldspiralpodcast@gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Absolutely. We'd be happy to include it in our uh, episode if we ever get around to doing it. Yeah. Okay, let's see what else we've got left here on the list. Looks like last but not least, uh, Nevas. Oh, that's right. Which was also referred to simply as the insane asylum the whole time I was growing up. Um, that, Turns out it was never really an insane asylum. Right, that's what I was going to say. That's a bit of a misnomer, but um, it is a creepy building, and now apparently it's owned by uh, some private individuals who I think are restoring it to be a home. That's right. So you can't really go and uh, snoop around anymore, not unless if you want to risk maybe getting shot at or something. But Yeah, please leave the people alone that live there. <laughs> yeah, do do leave them alone. But uh, you might be able to reminisce, like I, I can't a little bit, about checking it out when you're a kid. And, they uh, did the haunted houses there. Out. I've, I've they been did through do there them. a couple times. You know, I never did the haunted house uh, when it was the haunted house. I wish that I would have, but... We definitely snooped around it at times uh, in high school on that um, late at night, and it is indeed very creepy. And the paranormal investigators from last time, that was one of their favorite places to go and right. uh, investigate. And they said there was a very evil and ominous spirit in one one wing of Neva's. So uh, go check out that episode and hear more about that. Yes, I found a, uh, a great article lit- written by uh, Stephen Branting. Oh. Uh, it, on his historic Lewiston, Idaho Facebook page. I don't think I'll read the whole thing, but um, the earliest um, the earliest record of something being there was in 1902. Uh, it's been the Nez Perce County Hospital at one point. It was a jail at one point. And right around the Depression era, it was known as a poor farm. So basically... What that means is the people who lived there weren't necessarily poor. I mean, it was the Depression, so they right. were. But you could go and live there, and uh, instead of paying for room and board, you could grow vegetables or help out. It was kind of a, um, a health care facility. I mean, eventually it was the Nez Perce County Hospital, uh, but it, yeah. Didn't you say it served a short stint as a jail as well? I did. I did say that. Yeah. So... There's nothing huge on it. Um, it in 1929, uh, Doctor D. C. Watson Somerville uh, made it as the Somerville home. So it was a, like I said, it was a healthcare facility. He was actually killed in an accident on Main Street. He was struck by a truck in December 1929. Hmm. So the most notable person to live there was Catherine Talkington, daughter of Henry L. Talkington, and she was a librarian for the old Carnegie. Um, she suffered from multiple sclerosis and died there in 1968. And it was kind of an old folks' home for a while mm-hmm. and a place for um, mentally mentally challenged people uh, for a while. And I guess a lot of people have died there. Mm. So... I mean, hence the high spiritual activity mm-hmm. from our paranormal investigators. So a bunch of people have died there. A lot of energy, I suppose, is still roaming around that area. And mm-hmm. 
hopefully the people that live there now uh, don't notice it and uh, don't see it and are just having a, a good time because that was I almost considered buying that place as well because mm. it's on like 10 acres. There's tons of buildings and it was it was fairly inexpensive as well, mm. obviously needing a ton of work. Yeah, and I imagine that property will become worth more and more and more as the orchards begin to sprawl. Oh, man, and there's there's close to million-dollar homes up in that area, too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. out on the way towards uh, Lindsay Creek, uh, the winery. Yeah, and uh, Man, Man Lake and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, it's fun to reminisce about Nevas and uh, the times we freaked ourselves out going and checking it out. <laughs> so, obviously, there are many other... Uh, purportedly haunted areas in Lewiston, but those are those are some of our notable ones that maybe you haven't necessarily heard about. Yeah, for sure. So now we want to talk about some stories submitted by our listeners. I'm going to start with some UFOs. <clears throat> so this one is on Alpawa grade coming from Pomeroy. And I've heard, I've got three stories kind of in the, in the same vein coming from that hill. So one was in 1997, a guy who was a, this one wasn't submitted by the listener, but this I, I found looking it up. One guy saw a huge ball of light that was moving very slowly. He was very sincere that it wasn't just a comet or something, and he actually got a picture of it. So there's an old Tribune article where you can see this guy holding up a picture that he got by... He took a uh, like binoculars and then put his camera up to it. Right. <clears throat> and got a pretty sweet picture. I guess he came into town and saw it again when he was going up 21st Street, kind of in the orchards. Yeah. So it was still there. Yeah. So. Pretty bizarre. It, it is. I wish the technology was a little bit better um, because it does just kind of look like a big comet. It really does. But, y you know, you got to imagine maybe it changed directions a couple times. Who knows? Who, Who knows? knows? But this one from our listener was uh, on the Alpawa grade coming from Pomeroy, and she was driving up the hill, and she actually had to pull off the road because she saw this big, triangularly shaped craft mm -hmm. moving way too slowly to be an airplane, and it obviously wasn't a helicopter. And she said it was almost like when she pulled off to look at it, they noticed her noticing it, and it started flipping mm -hmm. up and down and up and down and up and down, I guess back and forth, however it flips. And it just wasn't acting like any sort of craft we would recognize. I always think it's funny that they that, that's often a, a common theme in these sightings is that they feel like they know that the, the UFOs are watching them somehow, and they start to perform these weird acrobatic feats. That is super interesting. It is weird. So I was talking to my brother, and I didn't tell him this that we'd got this story. And I just said, hey, man, have you seen any UFOs? And he said, oh, yeah, I have. Mm. And he said it was in a Soton, but it was like towards um, Cloverland. 
<clears throat> and he said, oh, I saw uh, three lights kind of look like a triangle. And when I was looking at it, it started flipping over. And so it was, and he did the same hand motions and, 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 and everything. And it was just really interesting to hear the same story from two different people of this triangular craft moving really slowly, moving back and forth, and then just zooming off in another direction. Yeah, that is crazy. So those are my UFO stories, um, from our listeners. And I'll include my brother because he listens to the podcast as well. Hi, Galen. Um, Let's see. So the next story we have from listeners is a ghost sighting. Ooh. So also in Pomeroy, this is a house kind of near um, a place that used to be called Donna's Drive-In. And it was two, two guys that were renting the house, and they were sitting in the basement, and they were watching TV. And it wasn't like a ghost show or anything. It was just normal television Ghosts were the furthest thing from his mind at the at the time, and the wall of the TV also had the bedroom door to his roommate. And he said they were sitting there, they were watching TV, and all of a sudden, he sees a woman in a blue dress that looked kind of 1950s era walk across the door frame, and then stop, look in the mirror, turn around, and then walk the other way out of sight. And he's thinking... Who on earth would, you know, th- there's no way my roommate's going to have a woman over. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, that's crazy. I didn't think anyone was here. Goes in, flips on the light, no one in the bedroom. Mm. And he said, you know, the way the dress moved and everything, it just looked like it would if it was actually there. Like she turned around and the dress moved and mm-hmm. and all that stuff. He said, full body apparition. I wonder why at the time he didn't say, uh, what the hell? <laughs> what are you what are you doing in my house, weird lady? Well, I think he would have if they she would have still been in the room. Yeah. Hmm. But he went to check it out and there was no one there. Ooh. Do 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 do. <laughs> so thank you very much, everyone, for uh, submitting some stories. And um yeah, that's just it's just crazy. It really is crazy. Um so also what I've found is a website online and you can look at different cities around the country where people have submitted ghost stories. And I have found a handful on, on that site that we're going to read now. Um, Drew, would you like to read the first one? It's on a, see here. a building on F Street. Yeah, okay. We'll check this one out. And what's the website? So if people want to go check this out, they can. Ghostsofamerica.com. Ah. All right. From ghostsofamerica.com. This is our first story. I worked in a building located on F Street in Lewiston, Idaho, which is now Sterling Savings Bank, I believe. I would always feel an uneasy presence as soon as I got around the women's restroom area. One evening, while I was the only one still in the building, I was washing my hands and I heard a very clear woman's voice ask, Who are you? Who are you? I automatically figured someone was in the bathroom stall that I didn't notice, but no one was in there. Nevertheless, in the building. Uh, this wasn't worded the best. This scared me very badly, so I quickly ran downstairs to leave when I then heard something which seemed like a very large crash behind me from upstairs. I ignored it and kept walking past the door. I am surprised to not see 
more stories from this building as it seems to have a history of lingering uh, spirits upstairs around that area. That is creepy. And I said it before and I'll say it again. Whether you're ghost or animal or person, you don't mess with someone while they're going to the bathroom. That is your most vulnerable point. And mostly I think about it when I'm in the woods, but you just, there has to be some sort of pact made. Unless if you're constipated, then it might really get things moving. All right, there's one exception. It, it might scare the shit out of you. As many puns as we can work in, people. We're, yeah. we're going, we're going, we're going. All right, well, let's hit the second story and see if we can throw in some more puns, too. About 15 years ago, I worked as a security officer at LCSE. One night, I was in the security office, and I was contacted by three or four frantic students who were screaming and crying. They ran off towards the girls' dorm, Talkington Hall, and I followed them, still not knowing exactly what was going on. When we entered the main entry doors, there were about 15 to 20 other students, all in various stages of freaking out. (laughs) Stop laughing. They all reported to me seeing a ghost of a small boy appear in the middle of the group. They said one of the students was playing the piano, and he just appeared and was dancing. When they started screaming, the piano player stopped playing to see what was happening, and the boy disappeared. Back then I was working the night shift, and nearly every janitor in every building claimed they had some kind of ghostly encounter. Hmm. Well, you know, in my years at the college, I I never did see a ghost. What about you, Brian? I, the only building that I was ever in in the evening was the new nursing building. Yeah, me too. So, Secretary Hall. Yeah. Yeah. I can't say that I have. I guess there were a couple times when I was in Sam Glenn at night. Yeah. But again, nothing. Hey everyone, just wanted to take a quick break to tell you about our new Patreon account. That's right, OSP fans, you can now directly help us fund this show and get access to exclusive content. For more information and to learn how you can support the show, head to patreon.com slash oldspiralpodcast. Now, back to the show. All right, moving on. Story number three. Uh, this is again related to LC in a way it seems. I stay in the dorms on Main Street. I was waking up slowly on a weekend and it was around 6 in the morning. I laid in bed, the windows and doors securely shut and locked, air conditioner and heater both off. I was facing towards the wall and as I rubbed my fingers along the wall, something evil, I believe, yelled at me. It said my name. I'm not sure it was either male or female. It sounded as if it was a mix of both. Very Mm. progressive evil being. Since being here, I have seen figures in the living room. Things fly off the walls. I have been shoved. It sometimes sounds as if uh, someone drags their feet on the floor towards me. Last night, I was studying for exams, and I saw what looked like a decomposed hand from behind the couch in the reflection of the TV. I have natural mediums in my family, and needless to say, I believe... Well, I have natural bigs in my family, and that still freaks me out. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm keeping it in. Um, so someone commented on that on that uh, post actually, they and did. and it said uh, there is history on the spot the dorm is built. Before the dorms were built, there was a large computer store slash home on the top floor. There was an electrical fire, and everyone was able to get out except my older brother. He died in the fire. So that's crazy. Mm. And back to that decomposing hand, like how would you feel if you just looked over and saw a decomposing body part? I'm assuming look away and look back and it's gone. Yeah, hopefully it's gone. That is, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, if it's still there, you're going to have to call the police. Ah. Uh, okay, let's see here. Oh, well, there's another comment to that one. It was talking about the Clearwater dorms in downtown. And uh, said one of her friends just moved upstairs and, and heard, kept hearing knocking three at a time. All the roomies left for break, and I went up there to check it out, and instantly there was a series of three knocks, and right before we left, three more. Hmm. So strange knocking, decomposing body parts, and some disembodied voice yelling someone's name. I would like to think that the knocks were just uh, somebody knocking on wood for uh, good grades. That's right. Or people knocking boots in the next room. Oh, all right. Yeah. Was that technically a pun? We'll throw it in. All right. Moving from Lewiston over to Clarkston. Who's up? Me or you? Oh, why don't you read this one? Cool. All right. A female ghost that appears to be 30 to 40 years of age and dressed in typical 1940s to 50s attire has been seen in my house. She's either sitting on the sofa and will appear for a brief moment when I arrive at home at night. She also appears on my front porch looking into the house through the living room window and while I'm in my living room. She only appears at night and has only appeared for male members of the household. She appears to be friendly and has not interacted with anyone as of yet. She can also be heard walking the floors at night. At times, only a white orb or light can be seen floating across the kitchen. Ooh, orbs and ladies looking through windows. That only appear to males. That's right. Maybe she's just lonely. Maybe. Lonely ghost. All right, moving outside of town a little bit, we've got one more place. Um, this is in Nez Perce, Nez Perce, Idaho. So this is, um, this is actually one of the creepiest ones I have seen. Uh, it was not written well, (laughs) so I cannot decide if I want to, uh, read it how it was written and take some of the scary out of it. (laughs) I, I think you can probably uh, paraphrase and take some liberties All right, to, I'll to take get a, their, a couple their, liberties. their point across. Okay, so this is at a place called Rodana's. Uh, I believe the people that owned it were Rod and Donna Rodana's. Okay, so it says the owners were her aunt and uncle. So the first time she went there to check it out after they bought it, her sister and her were playing, or were they passed a room and they saw children playing in it. And then they left to go get their aunt to show her, and they were gone. Mm. Yeah. So, hey, there's kids playing up there. Well, there's not supposed to be any kids here, and you run back up, and there are not kids there anymore. And I think we've said it a handful of times, but children ghosts or ghosts with children is just the creepiest. 
It is It is a little more creepy. Yeah, although, I don't know. I think a little kid ghost, maybe not as scary, because, like, I could take a little kid. That's what you think. Yeah. But they harness the most evil powers of all. Ah. Maybe. Power of wetting the bed and feeling no shame. <laughs> so uh, there's other people that are like, hey, oh, no, there's more. There's, but wait, there's more. So the blinds would go up and down really fast. Uh, the piano would play on its own. And apparently there was this room that was supposed to be super, was like purported to be haunted. And they heard lots of noises inside and outside the room. Uh, the front room entering the hotel area was always cold, even with the heat on. And uh, I loved working there, but I hated the way it felt being there. I was told a lot of people were killed or committed suicide, but I've never actually seen proof, though they wouldn't doubt it by the way the place makes people feel. Mm. So other people saw that story and commented on it, said, I, have, I, have, uh, I live in the hotel and have this string of beads hanging from the door. Some nights while I'm lying in bed, the beads will start moving back and forth. And I don't know if that's a, a small breeze or just an insane amount of pot that you're smoking. Mm. Uh, but the beads are moving back and forth. But this one is one time I caught a glimpse of a long, dark-haired woman. And this long, dark-haired woman kind of comes in in some other stories as well. Another one before we jump back to her is, uh, it says, I used to live at the Nez Perce Hotel and Restaurant with my grandma and sister and mom. I heard lots of weird noises at night, and I felt like someone was following me when I was upstairs in my room. Heard men's footsteps at night coming up the stairs, but there was no one there. So the last one was I stayed at the same hotel and found out that the room my friends and I were staying on, uh, staying in, was where someone had died. We all heard kind, uh, we heard all kinds of noises, and at six in the morning, we were waking up to the TV on full blast hmm. another classic kind of ghost thing is the uh the really loud tv but i think they forgot to include uh cartoons it seems like that's always the case too is that when the tv's on and it's really loud it's always cartoons yeah with ghosts. i mean sure if it was on full blast i'm sure it was billy mays <laughs> some oxyclean <laughs> <laughs> that one's always the loudest thing on the tv of course mm. So there's another couple ghost stories and uh, just super creepy. So this one I've seen a couple times. So this one says, I spent four days here while visiting my sister. The hotel was empty. When I went up to my room, I felt a breeze and heard my name whispered in my ear. My sister lives in an apartment at the hotel. She told me she hears a woman singing to her kids at night sometimes. Mm. Which is just absolutely terrifying. Um, and then, yeah, there's another couple that say that they've seen a long, dark-haired woman singing to children at night. Hmm. Weird. wonder what it is about that. Uh, that building in that, that area that makes it so haunted by that one lady. I don't know. And <laughs> I and I believe the uh, Slash investigators had done some stuff in Nez Perce as well. Right. I think they said that was one of their favorite areas to check out. Yeah. So something about the small town of Nez Perce has a lot of, uh, a lot of weird stuff happening. Mm. 
Um, just some other places. I, I think I've seen that the Forest Saloon out near... Oh, out in Waha? Yeah, is, is a place that I think someone mentioned, like, hey, go check this place out, please, because it's haunted. So I don't know any specifics, but... Huh. I guess that place is a little creepy as well. It's still open as far as I know. You can go in there and check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks again for listening, everyone. Have a happy and safe Halloween. If you're going to follow the CDC guidelines, you know, I saw something uh, on Facebook that uh, it was a candy shoot that a guy had rigged up in a, a big long tube so kids could hold their baskets under it and he could send candy down in a that's safe fun. manner. So that's kind of fun. Um if you're going to go to a Halloween party, you're wearing masks anyway. Um, they tell us to keep it to a limited number of people, and I just have a happy, fun Halloween. It's a good Halloween to just kind of curl up and watch some scary movies with your favorite people and try to do something that scares you a little bit. Yeah, and uh, try to do something that uh, scares you in a way that is not the horrifying stuff that's happening outside uh, your home and in the world right now. Is there scary stuff happening in the world? Uh, you know, I mean, there's like a just a couple things. A global pandemic, a crazy election, um, you know, social unrest. Yeah, just rampant, seems like the usual, though. Yeah, nothing, <laughs> nothing too crazy, but... Yeah, anyway, no drunk driving, watch out for kids, and have a really, really fun time. Thanks again for listening, and we will be back next week with some more episodes. This episode of the show is brought to you by our Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much to all of you for supporting the show. If you would like to become a Patreon subscriber, head over to patreon.com slash oldspiralpodcast. That's going to do it for this week, but the shows are not over. Get caught up on the backlog of episodes if you haven't already, and thanks for listening.